Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, it's the Hollywood Life Podcast. And we are here today with a super special guest. We are in the house with... Kyra McCullough, Miss USA. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. It's very beautiful in here. Oh, well, thank you. Well, mm. you are making it very beautiful with your presence and uh, with your headphones on. You've got a great bun on and this incredible pink dress. And so, listen, you are you are Miss USA and you are almost at the end of your reign. And we're very upset about that because... We were very excited when you became Miss USA. You represent the District of Columbia, and that was the second year in a row, right? Yes. The District of Columbia had had a Miss USA. So that was historic. But I think it was pretty historic, too, because I don't think we've ever had somebody who was a physical scientist become Miss USA. So that was very groundbreaking. So um, tell us, like... What has it been like? Has it been fabulous? I'm sure you've learned a ton. It's really been an opportunity of a lifetime. Um, I've learned so much about myself. I've learned and became more of a woman. I've learned uh, more just about public speaking and just having presence everywhere you go and also praising like all of your accomplishments. So, I mean, time flies when you're having fun. People say that, but I actually live through it. And um, I had an amazing year as Miss USA. I wouldn't change any of it for the world, but I would love to do it again if I could. Oh, okay. So you all hear that now. Um, I, has there ever been a Miss USA the same one twice? Like it's always has to change. Is that in the rule book? I mean, there's a first time for everything. So, <laughs> right. Drake said that. <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, why should you have to give up the crown? <laughs> right. Exactly. We need to start a petition today. <laughs> yeah. Or I guess you could, you know, you could do it again. Well, the thing is. The reigning. Defending. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Incumbent. <laughs> she wants a do-over because she's had such a fabulous time. Well, what did you, tell us, what did you learn about yourself? Because that's the first thing that you mentioned. You learned a lot about yourself. I actually learned that I am truly an ambivert. So it was you are a what? Uh, both introvert and extrovert. Oh, so it just okay. makes it easier. Ambivert, you know. Okay, an like, ambivert. Yeah. Okay. So I I used to believe that um, you know like I was very outgoing all the time, but I realized like through social media I wasn't connecting with people because I always had this private life and I was afraid to kind of just like be vulnerable to people in the world and share my life through social media. So I've learned that I actually don't mind being vulnerable to my feelings. It's been amazing seeing how people connect with me when I show them the food that I'm cooking or, or simple um, techniques with my hair when it comes to curly hair. So uh, this year was definitely all about self-discovery. And I've discovered that uh, 
there's so much passion in what I'm doing when it comes to my science program. I've never had so much energy, even when I sleep for four hours. Like I'm up every day, at least by like, you know, 6.30, 6 a.m., getting the day going. And sometimes the days last like past 6 p.m., past 11 p.m., but I've enjoyed that. And I know because there's passion behind it. So I, I mean, like I said, I wouldn't change any of this for the world. So you've opened the door on what it's like, like the days of the days in the life of Miss USA. So you found out that people like they want to see what you have for breakfast and you without makeup and like all those things you you learned that there can't be a mystique really about Miss USA. Absolutely. Like you said, they, people want to be a part of your journey. This role is held at a very high esteem and so many young girls are still aspiring for this position. And to know that I'm an ambassador for the organization, I'm going to be immortalized forever as Miss USA or part of this organization. And people want to know what legacy you're going to leave. So don't be afraid to be vulnerable to your feelings and connect with people because people out there in the world, that's what they want. They want that one person that gives them that umph, that push to, to share their story, to, to take life beyond measure, to wake up every morning and tell them that they are limitless. Now, why do you think it's important in this day and age? Because there's a lot of controversy around it. Why is it important um, to have a Miss USA? It's so important. I, like I said, I learned so much about myself and professionalism. And, you know, being honest, like pageantry, pageants are, you know, they have a certain stereotype about them. They do. They, they do. But I always tell people, come with me on my journey. Like, I want to tell you everything that I learned through pageants. I... I've always been, like I said, a, a very, you know, a very keen person to public speaking. So I never was afraid to like get up and do presentations. But then it became the point where you have to understand how to succinctly put your thoughts together and deliver something and know that you only have a Polaroid moment with everyone everywhere you go. Just like with our on stage questions, just like our prelims and our finals. That's your Polaroid moment. That's your one shot. You need to learn how to hit that thing out the park like Babe Ruth. Okay. So that's. To deliver a message. Yes. Like that's what passion really it's still relevant we have to like I said just know like professionalism interview skills presence everywhere you go you walk into a room you have to demand attention because that you know that you're you're an advocate for yourself you're an advocate for an organization and you want to be a game changer so they're still relevant because it gives you life skills and lessons right and so and is it's still a role model for women for young women absolutely and you know at the end of the day not everyone is going to be a role model to not every, you know, to every young person in the world, like people pick and choose who they can connect with. So I have predecessors, you know, we have different lifestyles, but I know there's plenty of girls out there that um, connect with them more than they do with me. So the role model is there and from so many different angles. It's not just one kind of person. I think that's the beauty and then how paradigm shift of, of pageantry as well as the dynamic, you know, personalities of all of our girls. Now, the thing is, you work, are, are you, now what's the deal? You were a physical scientist at the Nuclear Regulatory Commission. Are you going back to that job? Well, you were a, were you, were you a scientist or you're emergency preparedness specialist, right? That's a little different. Yeah, so I am on leave of absence from the Nuclear Regulatory Commission. I have been putting all of my energy into my science nonprofit called Science Exploration for Kids. So I have a lot of things lined up in the summertime around the D.C. area and as well as like Georgia and South Carolina. And I did work in emergency preparedness at the Nuclear Regulatory Commission. And actually working in that role taught me the importance of being prepared. Like, I know it sounds so lame. <laughs> uh, and, yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we would need to be right. really prepared. <laughs> you got to be prepared for things that, you know, like, 
that you, you may not know are going to come. So typically, you know, precedence-wise, we we just go off of incidents that have already happened. So like, can I just interrupt you and ask, like, yeah. what did you think when they had that scare in Hawaii? That must oh, have yeah. been, like, the kind of thing that you yeah. were trained to handle. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what we do. You know, we get the communities together. And, I, you know, you really have to commend um, everyone that works in the that industry because uh, it takes a lot of testing, a lot of, you know, getting the community involved, sending out forms and sirens. So that was like very, very awful. I couldn't even imagine being in Hawaii at the time. And you saw the footage of the people running everywhere. Yeah. But like that's it, for those do. of you who don't remember, remember how like Hawaii had a scare. They thought that they were going to get hit by a nuclear bomb. Mm-hmm. Right. It was like last summer. And I guess what your job is, is preparing people in case that happens, right? In a sense, yeah. So we just check all the parameters and the regulations um, at the nuclear power plants or the facilities that we regulate. And just to make sure like everyone's abreast on what they have to do to keep the community safe and the people. But the nuclear scare was not like a nuclear plant scary it was like a, a military thing which is different yeah. from what you do well so it's I not mean, either really way related. either way it's still preparedness in a sense because um our emergency preparedness even goes into environmental protection so like hurricanes like floods like what happened in fukushima when the typhoon t- excuse me um, right. tsunami came yes so it's like things like that like right. natural disasters are a part and of affected that well. the plants remember yeah. one of them almost melted down yeah. yeah so it's like it's it's everything that goes into the part of keeping the people safe from from adversaries Right. So you're at, are you going back to that? And then we'll, we'll talk about your, about seek. We want to hear all about that, but are you actually going to take up your position again? I said, I'm putting all of my energy into my science program. Oh, I see. So you <laughs> are, are you able to stay on leave? Are they going to let you stay on leave or you're going to now, um, full time be working on seek? So that's what I've been pushing myself to do to you know have full-time investment into sc4k because i do see the vision in it and also there's passion behind it because i've been that student that you know struggled in a a math classroom and didn't have like the best comprehension so i created this program to make an inclusive environment for children and that's where my passion is because you have to have people to push you sometimes to get where you need to be and role models are very very important Oh, absolutely. So Science Exploration for Kids is your new organization. And when when did it launch? And like, how have you got funding? Like, how are you getting it to actually function? So I launched it initially in college. It was self-funded. It was just recreational. And I decided to take it serious about uh, two years ago. So um, we started out doing after school programs around like the Montgomery County area. And now what I'm doing, like you said, for funding is hitting those individuals that have the same mission for science education and enrichment for students. So a lot of corporations, the organizations I'm in touch with, and it's as simple as picking up a phone, like cold calling people, showing them your calendar, your outline. It's something as simple as, you know, going on the government website to see what contracts are available, but still having that that package to present to somebody. But I literally cold call people. And I think that's some of the most effective um, marketing. Right. So you literally are raising funds to support the program. Yes. So that and then so that you and are you do you have others involved who are also teaching the seminars like you go in do you go into both um like elementary or middle schools which level of schools do you go into so the program we offer 
uh, fun with purpose, like after school programs for elementary school students. And then we have like career readiness and exposure for middle and high school students. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. And I do have two other very strong women on my team, and one's a, like organizational effectiveness. She's a nuclear engineer, and uh, I have another one. <laughs> These are really smart people. <laughs> yeah, right. So we got, yeah, and then I have another one. She's a uh, like a PhD chemistry professor, and also is a, a researcher, a clinical researcher. So we she like all three of us work together. It's amazing because it's like woman run, and um, we've we've all been working very synergistically. So when we do have after school programs, we do seek out. Um, additional help from people that are that want to participate and I get a lot of inquiries and people that want to be uh, steam ambassadors as we like to call them and and we like hire them and they help out with all the projects after school I feel like Bonnie people might not understand how important like the future of science technology and engineering and math is like absolutely I, when I hear experts on this field talk it's kind of like whoever wins the race the stem race which is essentially right now the race to AI yeah. um, and that's is artificial intelligence Right. It's essentially going to win the world. I mean, the first company to get that is going to basically have the technology to be dominant for the next century in the same way that America was sort of dominant in the 20th century. There's a lot of fear about artificial intelligence, the idea that computers, yes, are going to take our jobs, Mm -hmm. but also computers are going to take over and get rid of us humans. Uh, right. (laughs) That, Right. that, That fear, I mean, among experts is not that salient, but the fear about it's certainly replacing people jobs is something we're already experiencing, right? Are you concerned about that? I mean, absolutely. And that's why I've even talked to spoke with people at Microsoft because there's still huge a both gender and racial deficit in the tech corporate area. Oh, uh, totally. So, yeah. So of course, you know, we, we all have to be very mindful of the future and where we're going technically with like artificial intelligence and such. But I think if we keep continuing to inspire the the next generation to to make sure that jobs are still available and that they're putting their best foot forward. So not only do we teach STEM education, I also have like a business component of it too. And we that gives students life skills to be progressive in the thing in their thoughts. So the only people that really can take over the future in the sense when it comes to AI are those individuals who are going to be making and coming soon. Right. So it's so your message is that it's it's just incredibly important for young people to be um, educated and trained in science and technology in order for them to have opportunity in the future. Absolutely, because it, it gives you a competitive edge, but it also helps you think pragmatically. That's the best part about applied mathematics and science. You know that there's always more than one way to get an answer, and you take every option possible to figure that out. All this is super disruptive, though. Like the number one employer of or the number one job for men in America is driving. And that is going to be gone maybe within 10 years. It's it's between, you know, long haul truck drivers and Uber and cab drivers. It's the number one job. Right. If if they're self-driving cars. All of that could be gone. I mean, this this is where all of the major companies like Uber, even Google are trying to push us. I mean, it's so it's like low skilled jobs or at least jobs you don't need a lot of education for look like they're going to be gone. But even jobs in our sector, Bonnie, of creative work could be, could fall under this 
banner of things that could be done by AI if it gets advanced enough. What about that concern? Well, I mean, being honest, like I said, like not to say it's like none of my concern, but those are, you know, very relevant fears. But I personally don't really see the self-driving cars really going anywhere because like even like Tesla just had a huge recall on all of his cars. Yeah, they had a big accident. Huge recall. Yeah. Like, I mean, everything was like blowing up. Like literally like <laughs> the guy's like, you know, in debt right now. So... But that's just one company, and they're all working on it. Ford is working on it. Uh, Uber is working on it. Google's working on it. So, but why do you think, Kyra? Why do you think that it's it's not going to go forward? Like I said, like like at the end of the day, we still have to create jobs for people, and I think that's still going to be the number one thing that we do in America because that's what America is about. It's about giving people jobs and financial freedom. So, I mean, in the future, I wish we all could see, but of course, those are very necessary concerns and we should be aware of them. But but why would we hold back scientific development like self-driving cars just to give, to give people, people jobs? jobs? That's how we take care of our country. We have the best country in the world because it gives that freedom to do what you need to do. But that's also the, the problem is that's also the freedom to innovate, right? And to, you would need like legislation to block self-driving right. cars. And that's probably what would happen. Yeah, but do you really think that but that, but a democracy can't do that, and especially like we're built, we're built on economic freedom. I mean, that's the whole thing is to let the private sector develop right. um, yeah. industries. So you can't go and say, "Hey, we're not going to allow self-driving cars." I'm pretty sure, just like they step in with everything else, like Airbnb and other controlled substances. I'm pretty sure there's going to be the same situation happening. The problem <laughs> is that human beings are so bad at driving <laughs> that as soon as this technology becomes even even moderately good, the computers will be so much better. I mean, there's like, what, 60,000 deaths every year on the road because of people. And then we'll also have to make sure we tap into the um, scientific side, making sure that no, there's no glitches or also adversaries tapping into computers, right. taking yeah. over things, that's causing what accidents, I, yes, locking that's up wheels, scary. stopping cars yeah. on the road. No, there is a problem. But imagine that's if we got scary. that 60,000 down to 100 people, right? Which is very conceivable with self-driving cars. Like that's a no-brainer. It would become almost like a moral problem to let a person behind the wheel at that point. Because <laughs> we're so terrible. People do like driving too. Let me just like get driving. back. Let's just get back though to how important, like why do you think that historically, and we're still really in this situation, that girls are not going into science and math to the same degree as guys, as boys are. Why is that? It's representation. So I was on a panel recently with the American Nuclear Society, and the president of NEI said that we need to give nuclear and science a new face. So it's representation through media. It's representation representation through uh, textbooks. Like it goes on. So we're typically and traditionally showing a scientist to be, you know, some some geeky white male who wears like a lab coat all day. But it goes beyond that. So like I said, with my program, there is um, a, a need to fix the pipeline, especially for young girls. And there's an interest, too, because the statistic says that 74% of young girls are actually interested in some careers in STEM. But when we reach the time, you know, middle school, they fall out of interest because their teachers are males. Their male counterparts aren't inclusive. And I've seen this firsthand doing um, school tours in New York City Department of Education and even how sometimes the teachers immediately pick the young man to answer a question before letting a young woman present themselves. 
And um, I've also seen it, like I said, so, and then 24% of young girls, 24% of women are actually in careers in STEM. So it begins with representation. And we do that like with my program. So with the with one of our camps we have for middle school girls is called Science and Engineering for Girls. And we also show components of cosmetic chemistry behind it. Um, as well as material science, like baking things. Like it goes beyond just like math and protractors. Right. Yeah. And that's why we also incorporate the arts component. Right. Who was it? It was like one of the hard, the, um, uh, the, was it a Harvard professor or the, what do they call them? The, the heads of universities. One of them like got in trouble in the last year for saying that women just don't have the brain. Enough women don't have the brains God. for science. I mean, in yeah, this day and age, remember, but it was somebody very that. prominent, and he, he came out. He wrote a piece about it. I don't even remember that right now. So, I mean, there is a lot of prejudice, and I just say, listen, um, when Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, went to law school, she was one of nine women in a class of 500 men, mm -hmm. and then she was asked, why are you taking this spot away from a man? And people didn't think that women could be lawyers, so right. um, I, don't, I can't imagine there's anything biological preventing us. And there's not. And then, like I said, it all goes back to representation. And I know like the commercials and everything are making sure they're being inclusive in that manner to to highlight that women have jobs as well. And uh, that's what we have to just move forward with. And, you know, it begins with one person, one one type of group of people like with you with Hollywood life. Like you're running this show. It's amazing. You're a woman. And someone probably told you in the past that, you know, um, Radio personalities are for women. You, you you shouldn't do this. Your voice isn't deep enough or something. So, but it's about that one person making a difference. Right. Yeah. We've mm -hmm. broken, I think we've broken a ton of barriers. Yes. Um, and so you plan to move on. You want to do this full time. Yes. And devote yourself to, to seek. And after you finish being Miss USA and um, you're going to be kind of like an entrepreneur, I guess, at that point. Yeah. I want to, I actually really want to be an entrepreneur. That's <laughs> where all the money is. <laughs> yeah. in in opportunity to be creative. So anyway, what advice then would you, are you going to give to your successor? You're going to get to spend time with them. The, the new uh, Miss USA is on May 21st. It's going to be on Fox 8 PM. So that's going to be the show. Are you going to be meeting all of the contestants? Are you going to be advising them? Yeah. So, I mean, I tell all the women when we're there on site, if you have any questions, please feel free to use me. I've been through this and I understand maybe your fears, but to the next woman that does become Miss USA, know that you're in for an opportunity of a lifetime and you should wake up every morning telling yourself you're limitless. And also. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Don't be afraid to praise your accomplishments because the world does want to be a part of your life. When when they become Miss USA, I just want to know, like, what is that change? How fast does it happen? Like, you're crowned. And then it, it's very, like, don't you arrive really with a suitcase and then you never get to go home? 
Like you just kind of have to immediately. Okay. Yeah, basically, um, like I said, but it's 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 the job of a lifetime. It's the job that you are, you know, aspiring for, working so hard for. So if I had to come up here with just one suitcase with just 10 <laughs> pairs of underwear in it, I would build from here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, there you have it. Um, <laughs> advice from Kyra McCullough current Miss USA and she is going to enjoy the last couple weeks of her reign May 21st on Fox there'll be a new Miss USA chosen and if you're one of those women don't worry if you've only packed 10 pairs of underwear (laughs) you can still do it yes (laughs) thanks for coming thank you and good luck thank you 